The greatest intro, perhaps, of the entirety of this podcast. Welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. Championship edition. Oh, I am Charlie Burris, here as always with the great Zach Reagan of A to Z Sports writing fame. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. If you want to listen to that regularly, make sure you go to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on Apple, Spotify, and subscribe. Because if you do that, you won't miss an episode when we drop them on Mondays. And I know you're not going to want to miss this one in particular is a special, a special boy. This doesn't come around often. At Charlie underscore Burris, at Zach TNT, at A to Z Sports, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash A to Z Sports Nashville, and A to Z Sports.com for everything that we write about the Tennessee basketball balls winning the SEC tournament. We're champions. It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining a little brighter. The birds are chirping a little louder. <sighs> Tennessee beats Texas A&M to win the SEC tournament. And for the, for the first time, I mean, I thought about this on the way back. Had a lot of time. It was a long drive. Got back at 2 o'clock last night. <laughs> I'm, my blood is coffee at this point. Um, the first time in my life, essentially... The basketball has ever won anything, and really only the second time in my life that any of the major sports have won anything outside of women's basketball. It's crazy. I mean, at, in terms of men's major sports, it's and and I was when Tennessee won the national championship in football, I was eight. It's crazy. What a day, Zach. How are you, sir? I'm uh, shocked that your voice sounds as as good as it does. I was I wasn't sure what to expect after, you know, what what were you down three four days in, in Tampa and then Tennessee winning. I can't imagine the celebration, um, and just making that trip down there. So many times, Vol fans have made trips to faraway places and just had to had that had to have that sad drive home where you're wondering, questioning your decisions, why you even decided to go. And uh, and it paid off for you in a big way. Happy happy that they were able to win it while you were down there. I've put in, at this point, a, a number of these were as a media member, but I've put in six or seven SEC tournaments now. All, almost all of them in, in full. Uh been blessed enough to have almost half of those where Tennessee played in the championship game. Three of the last five, right? If I'm thinking correctly, three of the last four. Is that right? Because the we probably wouldn't have made it during the COVID year, but the COVID year didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. So we can't say whether or not <laughs> that would happen. So three of the last four Tennessee's played in. And I'm glad I put in that time. Glad it was not cheap <laughs> to go. <laughs> I can say that much. But I... I I mean, I said this to you before we got on. 
and I, I mean this genuinely, and it makes me borderline emotional. I'm I'm going to John Fulkerson it over here. It's the best Tennessee sporting event I've ever, ever been to in, in my life. I wasn't at the national championship. I wasn't at any of the SEC championships in football. I, you know, and, and I wasn't, the, the Sugar Vols, I was, I wasn't around. <laughs> I was not here on this earth yet. Uh, it's the greatest Tennessee sporting event I've ever been to. Bar none. I, I, there, what, what would be one better? Where we won an actual championship. I wasn't at any of the, the final fours uh, for the Lady Vols. And I, I was at a number of the NCAA tournaments, but we never went to a final four personally. Um, it's unbelievable. I, I can't, genuinely can't believe it's real. We're going to break it all down on this show. I got, <laughs> I got some stories. Because if you saw my Twitter, some things happened. <laughs> The tournament between myself and some Kentucky fans. Um, I'm going to break all that down uh, on today's show. So it's basically going to be, obviously, everything about this SEC championship. We're going to talk about it. We're going to break down how Tennessee got to this this point. They look so good. They dominated. They dominated the SEC tournament. So incredible. And then we'll get into... Of course, we can't. We it can never just be everything for Tennessee. We just can't have it all. That just it can never happen. You win the SEC tournament first time forty years, and then Mike Shashevsky has to go and screw you over. Well, and Mike Shashevsky, and then the the NCAA tournament committee is complicit with Shashevsky screwing Tennessee over for their seating in the tournament. We'll talk about that. Also, break it all down. Give you the rundown uh, of the bracket because by the time we convene next, we'll be through the first two rounds. Uh, of the NCAA tournament. We'll talk about all that first, but perhaps rounding out the perfect week, Zach. Just everything falling into place. We have a brand new sponsor on the show. Just helping out the boys here with A to Z and the Big Orange podcast. Hello Fresh is here for you. Let me get, we, we got a graphic. Look at this. Hello Fresh. Oh, and go to, I, I should have said this in the intro. I realized I just forgot. YouTube, 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 YouTube. Go to the YouTube, and you can see us. I There's there's plenty to see right now. Uh, we'll get to this. I got the shakers behind me, which a Kentucky fan threw at me at the SEC tournament. I'll explain that in just a second. I got the streamers from the floor at the SEC tournament, and we got the beautiful Vern Lundquist, who is our perpetual guest, um, behind me. And then I also got this shirt from way back. It's 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 Bert from Sesame Street, but it's Bert Bert Bertelkamp saying, "Money, money." What a visual day here for the podcast. Go to YouTube.com, A to Z Sports, the Big Orange Podcast. Just type it in; it's there, uh, and you can see it all. And you can see this HelloFresh promo here. The code is Vol sixteen, folks. HelloFresh is kind enough to help us out. They deliver pre-portioned ingredients to your door, including farm-fresh produce that arrives within a week, so you get convenience without skimping on quality. Skip that trip to the grocery store, save you the wait in long lines, and ensure that you don't waste any money on excess food. They they ship it right to your door. How could it be more convenient? You don't have to leave. Why, why would you ever leave your house? I don't, you know. Um... <laughs> for the most part, except to go to championships for Tennessee sports. Uh, but that is HelloFresh. And, and Zach, tell us a little bit more about them. Yeah, I was I was looking around uh, 
because we're going to get to this. They're going to send us some meals uh, this week so we can enjoy the NCAA tournament without having to to worry about uh, cooking food or, or going out to get food, missing anything. But I was looking around their app, and I was just amazed at how easy their app is to navigate. One of my pet peeves is when you get a, a, a subscription service and you can't edit your order. You can't uh, skip a week if you need to. If something's come up, your plans have changed. You change what you want to eat. Uh, the HelloFresh app is super easy to navigate. You can change your delivery day, change what you want. You know, you, you can change the plan size because they got multiple plan sizes. You can order for two people, four people. You know, if you've got a family that, that, that you're wanting to feed with HelloFresh. Like I said, if you need to skip a week, you're going out of town or something, you go right on the app. You can you can change that super easy. It's one of the easiest thing apps I've seen to navigate. And uh, that that's just something I look for in any sort of service. And HelloFresh really nailed it with that app. They really did. HelloFresh. Now, this is relative to A to Z sports as a whole. This is our we have a promo for the whole network. So I'll tell you, HelloFresh is a proud partner of the Nashville Predators, fueling hockey fans everywhere and here, fueling Tennessee basketball fans. Uh, go to HelloFresh.com slash A-T-O-Z-1-6 or use our code VOLS16, V-O-L-S-1-6. You can get 16 meals free and three free gifts. Again, HelloFresh.com slash A-T-O-Z-1-6. Our code is Vols16. A to Z as a whole, the code is ATOZ16. 16 free meals, three free gifts. Go there, do it. And as you said, Zach, so excited. The NCAA tournament coming up. They're sending us these free meals. We're getting them this week. I mean, what what am I going to do? Watch basketball and then cook? No, I'm going to watch nothing but basketball. And then we're going to have HelloFresh so easy. And I, I don't have to prepare everything. It just comes right to your door. I don't have to go to the grocery store, waste all my time. It's coming right to our door. I couldn't yeah. be happier. Again, HelloFresh.com slash ATOZ16, code ATOZ16, or Vols16 for us here at the pod. 16 free meals, three free gifts, HelloFresh.com. Yeah, it's it's very, very uh, relaxing to know. Usually on Wednesdays, I don't know how your NCAA tournament viewing experience goes, but usually on Wednesdays, I'm starting to make my plan. You know, what what am I going to what am I going to eat? When am I going to get food? I don't want to miss any of these crazy endings. So it'll be nice not to have to worry about that with HelloFresh. Exactly. There is. I'll show one more time. Falls 1-6. 16 free meals. HelloFresh. Now, <clears throat> thank you so much to them for sponsoring the show. And letting me be able to tell you guys this story. Yes. So I was at the SEC basketball tournament. I went down there again. Just got back extremely late last night. Uh, before before you get into the story, I think we should preface this with uh, we're recording this. It's it's ten something in the morning Eastern Standard Time, and Charlie did not get home until after two a.m. So he's literally he's not had much sleep. He was up texting me and Austin Stanley before. 8 a.m. Eastern time this morning. Uh, so he's 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 fueled on pure vols and probably some caffeine right now. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. But we are here. Um, yeah, just living off the vol spirit. That's that's all we're doing right now. Um, okay. So we go to the SEC tournament. And Tennessee beats Mississippi State. We got all the way there. Like we, so me and my friends, we go every every year. First time we've been since 2019 because it's the first time we could go since 2019. 
And <clears throat> we're there. We just watch all. We go to every single game and just watch it all. We're just college basketball junkies. I think people think I'm kidding when I say that on this show. I will just watch college basketball forever. I love it so much. And we just go and watch ball. Tennessee gets through Mississippi State, and Kentucky is next on the doorstep. Now, when Tennessee plays Kentucky, you got to come, come correct. You got to come prepared. And especially at the SEC basketball tournament, because the place gets overrun by Kentucky fans. Now, this year was a little different. It's, I would say it's the least amount of Kentucky fans I've seen at an SEC tournament, but it was because Tampa, God bless Tampa for being so far away from Lexington, is, is a, like a 13-hour drive for them or something. It's just a lot. And so there weren't as many Kentucky fans this year, but mind you, it was still a ton. By far the bulk of the stadium. I mean, they they filled it up on all sides of me. It's and, and God bless these people behind us. It was so great. There were two Kentucky, uh, Tennessee fans, two Tennessee fans right behind us, row behind us. Uh, and then the rest on all sides everywhere was all Kentucky fans. Okay, so that's the setup. I'm just painting the scene. We're in Emily Arena, Tampa, Florida for this Kentucky-Tennessee game. Kentucky fans on all sides except for these two Tennessee fans. I believe it was a husband and wife behind us. <clears throat> and I'm for for uh, I'll edit this for the show because it's family. We got a great sponsor. It's a family show. I, w- I was on my crap, man. I was I was talking, talking my ish. I, I would put it that way. Tennessee comes out burning. And, you know, you just feel you feel like right now you just you feel that spirit. You feel that vol spirit in you. And I'm saying stuff at the top of my lungs to try essentially to try to provoke these Kentucky fans around me. I want to get, I want to let them get, get a little, little something, some going, you know, if I can, because I'm not letting these guys off scot-free, especially if we beat them in this game, it's just not going to happen. So Tennessee gets up by like 10 points and I'm like, okay, here we go. Like I, for example, I'll give you an example. Uh, Adu swats Oscar Shibwe and I I lean up and at the top of my lungs I go, "You're not playing Vanderbilt tonight." This guy thinks he's playing Vanderbilt. Look at this, you know, stuff like that. You're screaming it over the top of the heads of all these Kentucky fans around us. And so I'm doing this perpetually, just like obviously we were playing really well. It was great. I I could say basically whatever I wanted to. It's risky. Is what if we blew it and Tennessee lost? It's risky, but I was willing to take that. You know, I'll take the beating after the game, whatever, done it before. I'm just that type of guy. There is two rows in front of us. There's an older couple. It's an older man and woman. And this is, so I I was doing this really. There was a set of young folks in front of us. I was hoping to kind of provoke them. They're around our age. And I was hoping that we would get John with them kind of, you know, some back and forth. And then whoever wins gets to have fun. They never turned around and said anything. Um, but these two older people, I would say it's mid sixties in their seventies, like (laughs) our grandparents age. Um, this guy starts turning around the, the man of the man and woman starts turning around. And anytime Kentucky does anything remotely good, he's yelling at me. I'm like, yes, here we go. I got him, baby. Here we go. He's yet, you know, he's going, yeah, how about that? You know, stuff like that right back at me. Like, this is what I wanted. I didn't expect that out of this guy. That's funny. Um, and so it just continues for the rest of the game. And Tennessee, I mean, it, it got close, but Tennessee dominated that game. Tennessee had the lead. 
I believe the only time we didn't have a lead was like 58 seconds of that game. It was dominance. Tennessee was the better team from start to finish, front to back. <laughs> and then Tennessee's winning as they're running down the clock, and I'm going, bye, see you later, bye, take this L on back to Lexington, you losers, yelling over. And this old guy turns around and he goes, hey, how about you act like you've been there before? And then I turned to him and I leaned forward and got right in his face. And I said, we have been two years ago. And I said that. And then I'm not sure exactly what happened after this or not, not what happened. Not a lot happened, but his wife, she had been kind of silent the whole time. Um, let, letting, letting her, her husband take the, the bulk of the screaming. Um, she turns around and says something. I don't totally remember what. And throws pom-poms at me. Kentucky pom-poms, which are right here on the show. <laughs> I have them with me. I kept them. She throws them at me and then says something to the effect of, you know, there you go, and we'll see you tomorrow. She ended with that, and I was like, oh, is that a threat from these Kentucky fans? Then it was never, you know, there was never any like, screw you, go back to the coal mine. I'm just trying to have fun. That's, I think some people can go totally over the top. I don't like doing that. I'm just having fun. Tennessee beat you. Get out. That's all. But she throws pom-poms at me and I keep them. They're my, my trophy of war back here. Um, sadly, to my dismay, they did not return the next day. She bluffed. She bluffed on me. She said, oh, we'll be, we'll see you tomorrow. And they were not back. Tomorrow. I wonder, wonder if they were waiting for like halftime. Like if Texas A&M would have had like a lead, they're like, <laughs> all right, come we're, back. Going, we're finding him. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe they were. They were lurking somewhere around there, and they're like, oh, Tennessee loses. We'll go over there. So there was that. That was game. That was essentially game one. The Mississippi State game was fine, but really, the real game was Kentucky. And then the championship game, not a whole lot happened. I mean, it was a ton of fun. We were screaming at the top of our lungs, and the Tennessee Volunteers won the SEC tournament, a real championship. You can't take it from us. Pry it from my cold, dead hands. The Vols are SEC champions. Um, watching on TV, and what I missed, I mean, I essentially missed all of that. I missed any TV action. At all. I mean, they don't show any of that. I don't see it. What was your perception as a ball fan uh, at the house sack? Uh, well, one, it was, it was, I kept waiting, just watching the game, waiting for, for like Texas A&M to go on a, a run. Like, you're so used to bad things happening. I mean, I felt good about the game Sunday morning, you know. I, I just had this feeling that, that this was it. Like, I, I was already prepping like social media coverage of the win. Like you have to do that, doing what we do. You you have to plan ahead. And trust me, I, I've I've planned ahead, and it's I've had to delete a lot of stuff and not use a lot of stuff because Tennessee didn't come through. <laughs> that's always yeah. in the back of your head, and and that's kind of what I was waiting on. Um, but I, I mean, it was just a it was almost surreal. Like, is this really happening? And I want, I, I imagine it was like that even more so for you just being there. Like, I'm actually going to see this celebration in person. I'm actually going to be here for this. It's been 43 years and I get to experience this. Did you, did you stay for like the whole ceremony, everything after how, yeah. how was that? So I'll start by saying this. 
it was absolutely surreal. I concur completely, 100%. It felt like a fever dream. I mean, it just, you when you've only seen it, we said it, I said it a second ago. The second time in the entirety of my life and the first time as an adult that this, I've seen this as a Tennessee fan. It's so few and far between. It's incredible. Felt like a fever dream on that level. I saw a really awesome moment. <clears throat> we went down, we were sitting in the upper deck for the whole tournament. And then it gets down. Tennessee's up by 15, two minutes left. We're like, let's go down. We're going down to that Tennessee section. It was packed in to one section of the arena. How, how close did you manage to get your way up there? So the, the pictures that I sent that I posted mm-hmm. on Twitter at Charlie underscore Burris, um, the closest we got was probably like five rows up. Um, so actually when I was taking those pictures, we were, we ended up, we didn't realize it. We were right beside Folky's entire family. Oh, um, really? Yeah. But they look just like, I mean, he looks just like his parents. It is. Yes. Insane. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I believe I don't know his whole familial structure, but there was like a brother, I think, and more and more people than that, grandparents maybe. Um, and they they ended up being right next to us. But yeah, it was like five rows up, almost center court uh, at one point, watching that ceremony because a lot of people cleared out, and we took any spot we could yeah. getting down there. Obviously, I mean, we were so close that we got confetti off the floor. We got the right, yeah, we got the streamers. You know, we got all the way down there. Um, but I saw this really cool moment. That just as you know, a lifelong Tennessee fan, like it, it's it it hits you right in the feels. We got down there to that lower section, and we were in front of this father and son, and the kid was maybe I don't know six, five or six, not tall enough to like see the floor, but his the tits counting down, and the dad's like, that's like two minutes. Two minutes, Tennessee's gonna be champions. He's like talking to him. The kid's like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna do it. I was just like, I mean, it's that type of stuff, like makes me emotional almost. Where and I turned to one of the guys I was with, and I was like, Man, imagine being that kid right now. Like, that would just be so mm-hmm. cool. It's those, it's those formative moments. I mean, it was when we were kids, it was 98. You know, there's those formative moments where we saw something amazing with Tennessee sports, and we went, This is this is it. This I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna torture myself with this for the rest of my life. <laughs> And I I was so happy that I got to see like a cool moment like that. And just with Folky's family. And obviously Folky was just like a mess after that game, just hugging everybody, crying. He was so happy. It was amazing to see. But I just, I, I would say for me personally, when it came down and like they were running out the clock and like Chandler was holding up his jersey and, and like holding up the Tennessee on the front of his jersey, I literally just let out like a primal scream. Like I was just like, yeah you know top of your lungs just what else it's it's the it's 40 years of history just (laughs) just coming out all at once and i it's it was it was just really special just i i can't believe that i was that that lucky i mean in one of at most ten thousand. that's probably a way over estimate i would say seven six to nine thousand tennessee fans that were there um how many texas a&m fans were there for the championship game three really i was wondering so okay so this is another part so my sister went to texas a&m um she is like a big tennessee fan also like myself but went to college at texas a&m um so i've been down there know it pretty well and whole side of my family went there too um, 
they like don't care about basketball almost at all. They, I think they cared that they were good, but like not enough to come to Tampa, Florida and watch that game. I'm not kidding. That's a just thou- a, different, a thousand that, at most. That's just the difference in, I know we talk about it and sometimes I wonder like, are we in a bubble where we just, we always see really is Tennessee fans constantly and we interact with Tennessee fans all the time. And do we think that Tennessee is more passionate than they really are? But then like you get that so much from other fan bases like Texas A&M. Like I can't, I've seen Tennessee have like the first year when Rick Barnes was there, you know, he had a losing season that first year when he took over and Tennessee fans were still into every game. I mean, I'm sure you get a few like casual fans that are a little more on the bandwagon right now. I mean, that's with any sports team, but it it really is different when it comes to Tennessee. Like every single sport you see it with baseball, we've talked about it, and that I just cannot believe that more Texas A&M fans didn't make that trip because that like I mean that's a that's a special thing. Like you don't know when it's going to happen again. It really is, and that's that's the whole thing. I mean, it, you net truly never know when this stuff comes around. It's why you just, you have to cherish it. Like, please, any Tennessee fans, I don't think anybody is taking it for granted. We were listening. I would hope not. We were listening to multiple shows on, on the way back up. And it was just on any show you listen to, just a deluge of Tennessee fans just going like, I I can't believe like what this feels like. I just, I never thought I would see the day. It was it doesn't even feel real. Everything that we're saying here, you know, and I don't think most, almost anybody is taking it for granted. There are the people, the miserables out there that just can't have fun or whatever, but, <clears throat> you know, that still want Bruce back. I, who knows? It's something stupid like that. Like that, that should be a fish. I mean, it should have been dead a while ago because, Done. you know, uh, especially <laughs> combined with the fact that Rid Barnes has done something that he, he never did and then just, Auburn's performance in the SEC tournament. I mean, what a what a letdown if you're Auburn. And that's part of what makes me so elated about the whole thing when you add in like you got the essentially the privilege to beat Kentucky. Like what a what a great thing that mm-hmm. was. The youth, just your biggest rival in basketball, you get to stick it to them on it's the way to the SEC championship. It's even more of an insult, too, that it wasn't in the SEC championship game. Like, it was yeah. just a semifinal <laughs> game. Eh, it was it was the one before the one. Yeah. they did, And, and I, I want to get into that in a second, but I'll finish this thought. Because it's... We also listened to a Kentucky Collin show on the way back, and I have some thoughts. <laughs> um, But... I mean, just every, everything about it was so perfect. You had to stick it to Kentucky. Bruce gets embarrassed. Absolutely embarrassed mm-hmm. by our, by uh, Texas A&M. I mean, just co- a comprehensive beating. It was a, incredible. And then, you know, they, they beat Arkansas and really kind of validated that they're a pretty dang good team and got absolutely shafted at not being in the NCAA tournament. I'll say that. Um, you know, they submitted they're a pretty good team and Tennessee just dominated from front to back Tennessee, I believe in one of those shows that we were listening to last night, I don't remember which one they said, Tennessee trailed in this tournament, a combined one minute and 12 seconds across three games. Wow. Minute and 12 seconds. Unbelievable. I mean, this, this couldn't have gone better if you wrote it. No, it's crazy. You, you just walk in and dominate from front to back from beginning to end. It was yours. And you took it. They and look 
they look like a number one seed playing in the yeah. SEC tournament because they're suffocating defense. I mean, they just kind of steamrolled their way through it, like you were talking about. They didn't really trail. They're hot at the right time. Um, I mean, I don't see how. I think they're going to be in a lot of Final Four brackets that people pick. People that don't really know, you know, that they, they, maybe they're Pac-12 fans, maybe they're ACC fans or whatever. They're not. They're not really SEC fans, and they see well Tennessee. They're doing some little bit of research. They see Tennessee won the SEC tournament. Hey, that you know they're they're pretty hot. They've only lost like twice in the last two months, basically. Uh, they, no really bad losses. Undefeated at home. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a flyer on this team and send them to the Final Four. I think you're gonna see a lot of that. It's it's obviously what makes Tennessee seeding such a joke. And honestly, it's unfair to the teams in Tennessee's bracket because you're you're right there with the best three seed because they're Tennessee's a borderline one seed. You know that's it's unfair to everybody and it's all because of Mike Krzyzewski and I hope he loses by 90 in the first round but oh his his uh going away tour could not have gone any worse if you're a Duke fan to lose to your bitter bitter rival at home and then just get kind of Virginia Tech just really handed it to him in the waxed ACC them. championship waxed game. yeah <laughs> I thank you to thank you to UNC for ruining that because especially now retroactively looking Thank you to UNC and thank you to Virginia Tech. God bless you. That's because screw that guy. <laughs> Kay, I, I always respected him, but this is, it, it, I, it's not good. I, I it, really don't like the way he's going out here. But yeah, it, it's it's pretty brutal. I mean, there was so much going on last night uh, with A to Z. We're, we're doing a lot more NFL coverage. So, and, and my son had a, travel ball baseball game yesterday evening where I was freezing so I was trying to work while watching that and and when I got home I was doing a lot of Tom Brady stuff where he's returning to to Tampa Bay kind of stole college basketball's thunder a little bit last night so this morning I really was you know up early this morning kind of diving into okay how did Tennessee not get a, a number two seat I mean we were even talking like if everything went perfect and they they won out the regular season. They won the SEC tournament. Like, you've got an outside shot at a, at a number one seed, maybe, if other teams lose. And some other teams did lose, like Auburn and and, and Duke. Um, And nothing, I mean, not even, not the number one seed. They didn't get that, which I, I, I get it. I understand. But the number two seed, I mean, they, they should be a lock for a number two seed. T- to finish the season the way they did, to have the wins that they do, there is not a single thing on Duke's resume that's better than Tennessee's. Not one no. single thing. They've they've even lost a quad three game. Uh, Duke has. Uh, Tennessee hasn't lost a quad two or a quad three game. Uh, they've won more quad one games. I mean, the, what this tells me is one: either be Duke, just have Duke on your jersey. That's really all you need, or play less quad one games because apparently that doesn't. If you lose those games, they hurt you. The the thing that you essentially notice is like this bracket was made like a week ago. Yeah, it didn't matter. It didn't matter, and it's it's insulting. Because no, if Tennessee would have lost, if Tennessee would have lost to Kentucky on Saturday, they'd still be a number three seed, probably. Yeah. Uh. So, trying to think if there was anything 
else, I, I'll almost throw it to you. Anything you wanted to touch on with the SC Championship before we get down the, you know, we go from absolutely elated happiness to, oh, wait, we can't have anything perfect. We have to be pissed off. Um, with I'll the tournament. This, what a great way for Kennedy Chandler uh, to probably go out to win the MVP mm. of the SEC tournament. I mean, look, I know we've talked a lot about Zakai Ziegler this year and him coming out of nowhere, and it has been one of the best stories in the history of Tennessee sports. Just everything about his story, from 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 literally sleeping in a car so he could go to, to a different school or to play basketball, just the drive that he has, the work ethic, Rick Barnes kind of Tennessee finding him recognizing early on that he needed to play a key role in this team and just the, his personality, the energy, the leadership he brings, it, it's been tremendous. But but Kennedy Chandler is really special too. I mean, he's the five-star guy and he's been as advertised, especially here down the stretch. I mean, really over the last two months, we've seen a player that, I mean, he looks like a lottery pick at times. There, there are moments where he flashes where you're like, that, that's an NBA move where he takes the ball to the lane and it's just – you see that he's going to be an NBA player and you know, he, he's going to be gone after this year, but what a, I mean, what a moment for him, for Tennessee fans who are going to get to cheer him on at the next level. Cause they will. I mean, we see how Tennessee fans do it with Grant Williams being in the NBA. They will follow Kennedy Chandler's career to whichever NBA team he goes to. And they're going to be like, that's the guy that brought, you know, help bring an sec championship to to Tennessee. I mean, that, that's amazing. So I was glad to see him get recognized and get the MVP of the tournament. He's he's a Tennessee legend forever now. I mean, you're yeah. you're ingrained in the in the ethos uh, of Tennessee sports. I I'll say this about this season. And it, let yeah, let's do a, address this. This is just kind of a lengthy topic that I don't necessarily want to go into, but I think needs to be touched on. The turnaround of the season was unbelievable. And Tennessee owes a lot in multiple ways, <laughs> strangely to say, to the University of Texas. <laughs> Obviously for Rick Barnes, they fire the guy or sort of tell him to take a hike and he can leave. Um, like Florida did with Mike White, apparently, and he's, go <laughs> he's going to Georgia, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but they, they sort of shuffle Rick out the door at Texas. Tennessee, right place, right time, takes him. And he totally flips the program around. But then he has those great years of Grand Admiral. And then it's looking like ah, that might be the height. That, that might have been it. You know, I, I'm not sure that it's going to get better than those Grand Admiral years. They were so good and so cool. But even still, they just didn't, they didn't get over that hump. And then you have these two weird years with the COVID where the tournament gets cut off. And then you have the full COVID year that's just odd. And, and you, you didn't have the team leadership you needed. And then this year, I wouldn't say that it started off rough, but we were having conversations at points in the season where we said, if this doesn't get a lot better, you may have to have some tough conversations with Rick and be like, look, we're paying you $5 million, and this is not a $5 million result. I mean, we had those conversations. And then it came to the Texas game. In the middle of the SEC schedule, and things were things were already, I would say the tide was starting to turn. 
we're already having a better time by that point. But then you have a rough game against Texas. Josiah Jordan James misses that three. And I remember, I think right before that, writing a quick column saying something like, what's what's up with Kennedy Chandler? Or you know something mm-hmm. along those lines where we were kind of saying like, he's just, you can see that the greatness is there, but he's just not, it's not fully translating. It's not fully clicking for whatever reason. Then that Texas game comes. It's a brand new day. I don't know what happened behind closed doors, but specifically with Kennedy Chandler and Josiah Jordan James. And and I don't know which one is bigger, frankly, because the turnaround of Kennedy Chandler is obviously amazing. Elite guard play is how you win in college basketball. That is, it's great to have a great big man, but you still, it's so tough to win anything significant without excellent guard play. Kennedy Chandler becomes that. You combine that with Zakai Ziegler. And it just is this amazing one-two duo. And then you add in Scovey, and it just is this crazy triple threat where they play absolute lockdown defense and they can shoot the ball and they're so dynamic and so quick and smart with the basketball. It's incredible. And then you add in Josiah Jordan James, who is having his finally this career renaissance that that I admittedly I never thought he would have. I didn't think that he would ever play like this. I didn't. I I thought he I don't want to say that I thought he was totally cooked. I thought he would get marginally better by the time he left Tennessee, but he is the asset Tennessee has always needed. Absolutely. I would I would venture to say the best defender in college basketball is is Josiah Jordan James. He's elite at the biggest level. It is a sham that he did not win defensive player of the year. It is embarrassing for the SEC. Because he is better than Walker Kessler at, at defending the basketball. He is completely. Walker Kessler is tall. That's what he has. And he can block the basketball. Josiah Jordan James is in your passing lanes. He is cutting you off. He is denying. He he's everything that you need on the defensive end. And then he's figured out it. He's figured it out on the offensive end. And it's everything that Tennessee needed coming together all at once, right at the right time. And you win an SEC championship because of it. It's so incredible. Whatever happened. I don't know if it was. Go ahead. uh, Go ahead. It's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that. Uh, You probably missed this as you were traveling and not probably seeing all this on Twitter. But Rick Barnes said yesterday that after the Texas game, Kennedy Chandler had a man to man talk with TJ Ford. So you talk about owing Mm. a lot to Texas. There's even more. And really, I guess that talk apparently flipped a switch for Kennedy Chandler. And I mean, thank you, TJ Ford. (laughs) God, and let's not get ahead of ourselves. TJ Ford led the Texas Longhorns (laughs) to a final four, to a final four. Okay. Look at that symmetry. I mean, there's, yeah, that's. So thank you to whatever happened during that Texas weekend. Flip the switch. I, I forget exactly what the stat was. It's something like Tennessee's 14 and one since then. Just an incredible run uh, of basketball for these Vols. Unbelievable. You can't, I mean, you just can't say enough about it. Everything clicking all at once. Every, everybody playing their role so perfectly. Like Fulkerson, essentially in his, in his final year at Tennessee, essentially getting demoted. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, but he's happy to do that because it's the team. He embraces it. He becomes coming off the bench. Yesterday he had 12 rebounds. He didn't score that much. It's eight points, maybe, but 12 rebounds yesterday. What a contribution. It was huge. They they were rocking AM on the boards yesterday. And 
just things like that where guys are just embracing what they what they need to be instead of what they want to be and you you just can't say enough about it the development of Brandon Hunley Hatfield and guys like Jonas 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 IA do coming in and him being the guy you need him to be in as much of the capacity as he can be you know just lanky and blocking shots and giving me a chance when he blocks Oscar Shibway to talk crap to Kentucky fans. Thank you for that. You know, just things like that, that it is just all coming together in a borderline miraculous way, in a way that I had consigned myself with Rick Barnes. I had consigned myself to thinking it never would. And I don't know if Rick has made a change, but I, I will say this. I believe this was Basilio yesterday. We were listening to Basilio some yesterday. He made this point. And I want to give him credit because it's a great point, and I hadn't thought about it. It, it appears that to a certain extent, Rick has changed his in-game coaching philosophy to a certain extent with this set of players. And specifically, the example that, that Basilio used was that Zakai in that game played really bad yesterday. Six turnovers, wasn't scoring. He did a super clutch three. Mm-hmm. But Rick, in years past, he would have yanked them and he would have put in Justin Powell. You know, it's just like a total downgrade. We all know it. Powell's not as good defensively. He's not as dynamic offensively. Even though Zakai was playing poorly, he left him in there. He rode with his guys. He trusted them. He he put that trust, that faith in these dudes to be the cohesive group that they are. And they came through. They dominated Texas A&M. At no point in that game was Texas A&M ever the better team. From front to back from the second that game started. You had a 14-0 lead. I mean, it was <laughs> it was over before it started against Texas A&M, as nervous as we all were about it coming down down the stretch there. Uh I can't I can't say it enough. I mean, I, I already mentioned we had those conversations about Rick that we were we were sort of like, hopefully it doesn't take this turn, but it just might that that we that we're gonna have to kind of grapple with Rick's future at Tennessee. And he embraced it and he said and I took that personally. And he went out and he showed us all. And thank you. This is, and Zach, you can attest. We say it on this show. Anytime it's failing for a Tennessee basketball or a Tennessee coach in general, all we say is turn it around and I'll happily be proved wrong. I'll eat my crow. I'll do whatever I got to do. And they never do. They never do. And Rick, now we, we were never to the point of like fire Rick Barnes, get this guy out of here. He's done for cooked. It was never to that point. I mean, I think he's he's past that essentially. But we, we had gotten where we were having those conversations, and he turned it all the way around. Full 180. Had had effectively the best coaching season of his career so far, I think, to, to me personally. Um, he never won a conference tournament at, at Texas. He never did. Last time was Providence in 94. Last time he won a tournament. I you can't say enough about it. It's so incredible. All the credit and more to Rick Barnes right now. I, I can't say it enough. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote a column yesterday, pretty much said that the uh the criticism for for Barnes officially, you know, has to stop forever. Because once you once you do something that hasn't been done in 43 years, not that I want this to happen, I, I'll still be disappointed. But if they go lose in the first round to Longwood on Thursday afternoon. You know, Rick Barnes is still a, a Tennessee legend. You know, um, that SEC tournament win is – it's like Philip Fomer winning the national championship just about because it's its a lot 
more random to win a national championship in college basketball when you've got to go through so many games. I'm not really equating them, but it buys you that kind of equity just as a figure at in Tennessee history. And fortunately for Barnes, he he doesn't have all the uh, detractors that that Fulmer had. Where even even with the championship, there's still a lot of people that don't like him, especially with everything that's transpired since he left. But yeah, yeah I mean, I think Barnes has sealed his uh, his legacy at Tennessee with with this win. No matter what happens from here, absolutely. I I had this makes me think. I had one of the miserables, one of the you know the Tennessee fans that just can't ever enjoy things. On, on Twitter, at after the season, before the SEC tournament started, saying something along the lines of, I don't care what happens from here is a great season and we have to respect what Rick has done now. And, and I said, okay, I'm going to respect Rick. But no, the regular season is not a championship. The regular season is not a championship. I love that Rick has had a number of great regular seasons. But an SEC tournament championship hangs in the rafters forever. It's up there in Blazin. There's a trophy in the trophy case. There's a net over the top of that trophy in the trophy case. It is different. It is not the same. It is not the same at all. And I am not here for a good regular season. I am here for an SEC tournament championship. I am here for a final four. And while I, you know, before this tournament, while I have loved what Rick Barnes has done in the total rebuilding of Tennessee basketball and bringing it to relevance and stability, I could not be more thankful. This just lifts. I mean, it's a thousand pound weight off of Tennessee in general. You, you've broken through a ceiling that I, that oh, as a Tennessee fan, you almost think is impossible. You've done something you didn't do in 40 years. That's that's it. That's what else can you say? And I I just thank you. Thank you to, to Rick Barnes and everybody involved, all of these players. It just I don't think that you can say enough. I don't think that you can overstate how meaningful this is to everybody. Let's all enjoy it. Take it in. And and I could not agree more. Yes, I will be sick. If Tennessee loses to Longwood in the opening, I don't think they will. No. But if they lose in the opening round, but you can't take this SEC tournament championship away from us. You can't do it. It's set in stone. It's emblazoned on the trophy. You can't take it away. And God, that's awesome. I just, I get the, I'm like I'm getting hyped as I say all of this. I do want to touch on <laughs> before we leave this conversation. We're already like going. I, this is gonna go long. Let's be honest. It's a special special edition. I do want to address Kentucky fans here. So on the way back, we're listening to Kentucky Sports Radio. As you do, if you do not listen to Kentucky Sports Radio after the Vols beat Kentucky, you are living your life wrong. Okay? It's a joy because it's just a bunch of really sad Kentucky fans letting their sorrows out on radio, and it's hilarious. And what I've noticed is the evolution of, of Kentucky fans when it comes to Tennessee, these people are consigned to their fate. It's a totally different mentality than what I, like I've, you know, I was on radio way back and we used to have Matt Jones on. I I was familiar with Kentucky sports radio a long time ago and used to listen to these shows way back when, when Rick was first beating them 
you tune in. The attitude of Kentucky fans about Tennessee from then to now is totally different. Back then, it was, how dare we let Tennessee beat us? We are Kentucky, and we are the better program, and we've done this and that and this and blah, 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 blah. And now, it is, yeah, they're the better team. They whipped our ass. They handed it to us. This sucks. It's a totally different mentality from Kentucky fans now. In in that stadium, outside of that one guy, it's probably because he's older, frankly, because he's seen it all with Kentucky fans. You know, the the man and woman that threw the pom poms at me. Um, you know, they've they've seen all the championships and everything, but the younger people around us that didn't say anything, they were silent the whole game, scared to death, because they know that Rick is ten and seven against Kentucky. They know it. How is that not ingrained in your head at this point? He has their number. Comprehensively. <laughs> a three-game lead on, on Kentucky over seven years is un- truly unprecedented. It's, I believe, the best record against Kentucky of any active coach. It's, you know, bow down. We got you. This is, and they realized that. And that's, it was unbelievably satisfying. I, I will say that just because you, you got them. I didn't think I would ever see that day. It's it's incredible. On top of the SEC tournament championship, I didn't ever think I'd see the day where where Kentucky fans are consigned to their fate against us. It's so good. I love it so much. Oh, it's like a, it makes you think. Hey, it's possible for football too. Like yes, Tennessee basketball. You know, you just said exactly. ten years ago during the Conzo days, and when that was all petitions and this and that. Like it didn't feel even possible like reasonable to even think about like if you have suggested this and yeah it's 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 come a long way and it had to go through some dark days too basketball wasn't quite like football but there when uh when donnie tindall had to step down got fired for for his ncaa violations before he came to tennessee that was like a fork in the road for the program and Luckily, it lined up just perfect with Texas moving on from Rick Barnes because I was thinking back to that that decision, kind of like the decision to hire Josh Heupel where, you know, hopefully Tennessee's taking the right path with that. Like, what what is that other path that Tennessee avoided by not having Barnes available? Like, what does that path look like? Because it's not better than this one. There's no, no. way. No. That's – you know, it, it it comes down. I mean, we saw, you know, Tennessee football took the wrong path in, in 2008 and many times after. Uh, all it takes is one right decision and it can get right back on track where it needs to be. You know what this is? It's the basketball equivalent of if Tennessee, if I'm thinking correctly, if Tennessee had hired Gary Patterson. Mm. Yeah, that it really Patterson. is. Yeah, because Patterson's a very similar type coach where he wasn't he winning national job. championships, but he wanted the job. He's incredibly successful. And if Tennessee had went, I mean, that, that, they could have been like a Mark Rick-like team where they're winning nine, ten games every year. And we're we would have been frustrated that they weren't getting over the hump. You know, that they're not getting winning the SEC championship game or not getting to the SEC championship game. They're finishing just behind Georgia. But man, wouldn't that have been so much better than five and seven for five out of ten years? It's man, it's funny to think just about all of that. There's so many sort of forks in the road. Yeah. Tennessee sports. And I'm so glad to finally be on the right side of one yes. of those. Yes. So 
unbelievably happy. I <laughs> that's I hadn't thought about that. That's a great, great point. What would have happened? Because we always dwell on what would have happened in a better way with the crappy yeah. football hires. Never about what would have happened if we made a bad hire instead of Rick Barnes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tennessee could be Georgia basketball or something right now if they mm-hmm. would have went down a different road. You don't know. So it's even more reason to be thankful for Rick Barnes. And, and I mean, I know we've been critical at times, but only when there was criticism deserved, you know. And, and right now, it's it's not. He's erased all that. So Yeah, he's I mean, showed he, us all you kind of step back and look at it from a thousand feet and you think about like when you're sitting there talking about the way he owns Kentucky. I mean, who would have thought that a Tennessee basketball coach would own Kentucky? Like that's, you'd have never, ever thought that before ever. Just, just beating them every now and then, you know, is a good thing. And now you expect to win that game. I mean, you walked into that game and you expect to win and they beat them two out of three times this year. I mean, that's like the norm. And that the fact that Barnes has kind of created, I think we've, I think, I think I took it for granted a little bit and just kind of need to see the second half of this season to put it in perspective to be like, hey, take a step back and look at where this could be, where it was, and look at where it is now and appreciate what you have. Really do. Uh, This is something truly special. Like, you just don't, again, I don't think anybody is from anything that I've heard. I don't think anybody's taking this for granted, but if you might be, Please do not. This is such a special moment in in Tennessee sports uh, history. Congratulations to everybody. Um, What a way for, I I don't think we really talked about this a a ton, but you know, what a way for John Fulkerson to finally, I assume Ah. he's going out. I don't, I don't think he can find another year of eligibility. (laughs) I'm sure he's working on that today. Yeah. But what a way (laughs) to go out too. you know, for Fulkie that, everything and Kennedy Chandler yeah it was Kennedy Chandler that kind of motioned for him to be the first guy over there in the celebration just a a great moment that Chandler hasn't been here that long but really recognized like what Fulkerson means to the program uh it's just a storybook ending to to the SEC tournament for them no matter what happens from here it really is It, it truly is beautiful and and it's not there's no there's no like consignment prize or how would, how would you say that? There's no, uh, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? No, uh, concession. There's no nothing. You did it. You did the whole thing. And, and you're saying it there. You couldn't have written it better. It is, it is the most wrapped up in a bow, beautiful ending. I mean, the only way that it could get better is you win a national championship, make a final. Oh four. yeah. I don't, it. I mean, you get to cut the nets down again in the elite eight. Like that's, and then, again on that following Monday. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only way it could get better. And that's crazy. So beautiful, poetic. Say say about it whatever you'd like. It's an unbelievable moment. Um and th- that's that's it. I, I just I, I love it so much. Uh we do have to get into here at the latter half of the show, the NCAA tournament. Oh let's <laughs> throw in quickly. I did want to mention this now that I thought about it while we were talking there. Georgia hiring Mike White. <laughs> it's a, a it, this is a win for everybody, including Tennessee fans, <laughs> because Mike White stays in the league and he stinks, and you beat him basically every time you play him. So mm-hmm. that's great. You're probably going to keep beating him, and Georgia's going to keep stinking probably. Um, you also sort of get to stick it to Georgia because they thought over the weekend 
this report comes out from Lord knows who it was, some local radio DJ or something. That they that they were talking to Scott Drew of Baylor, oh, who, yeah. who just won a national championship. Shut up! And how long's he been Drew. at Baylor? How long's he been there? Like what? A, oh, a I, long time. What a delusion! Like people say of tennis of the Tennessee fan base, the word delusional. No, 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 no. That's delusional. That's beyond delusional. It's because they just won a national championship at football that they think that they can even say Scott Drew's name out loud. Like, that's embarrassing. Truly embarrassing. Scott Drew? The guy just won a national championship and he's been at Baylor for 20 years. Shut up. That's stupid. That'd be like Tennessee fan. I mean, I know that I know there's been some names out there in Tennessee coaching searches. Trust me. Um, but that would be the equivalent, I think, of Dabo Sweeney, like in the 2017 mm-hmm. coaching search. If, if yes. there, and I, as far I do not, unless it was some fringe kind of outlet blogger type person that threw it out there or something, there was never ever anything like maybe Brent Venables <laughs> from Clemson was connected to Tennessee in some way, but I never remember ever hearing anybody even float the idea of Dabo Sweeney to Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, that would kind of be the the equivalent. Like even Tennessee fans be like, "Hey, calm down. That's." Never gonna happen. I mean, <laughs> what a letdown, though. If you're a Georgia fan, if if you're like a, I I don't know if there's any rational Georgia fans or not because they bark at other humans, so I can't assume that they're very rational. But if there was any rational fans, they surely they knew that like that's not gonna happen. But for the bulk of that fan base, they probably casually see that report on Facebook and they're. They're at work talking to their buddies, like, yeah, here we're gonna get Scott Drew, and then <laughs> and then you get Mike White. I like to think that that's what happened. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm like 99% sure it is in some cases, absolutely. In some cases, I have no doubt at all. They just, they just, I mean, it's kind of like Texas AM, they don't care that much about basketball, so they probably just don't know. But, um, now it wouldn't shock I, me if like LSU somehow threw a ton of money at him because Scott Woodward is determined to buy every single coach he can (laughs) but i will i will say of of georgia and its fans the the announcement tweet that they made the first response it made me laugh was from a georgia fan and it was a reply like mike white's our new coach and the first reply from a georgia fan said the only person happy about the only people happy about this are florida fans (laughs) i was like uh, okay, so some of them understand. Some of them yeah, get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that and, is a letdown. Yeah, that's that's disappointing. Um, I think they could have done better. They, those are real. They phoned it in. They phoned it. They should. They should have. Yeah, they would have been better off hiring Will Wade and his baggage. Now that he's <laughs> fired, did you? Will Wade been see the? Did you see the report on Will Wade and the what's in the allegations? Only a little bit. I mean, it was a pretty whirlwind weekend. I've missed a decent chunk of that stuff I mean, but i did is, see some of it it's been buried a bit because of everything that's went on but i mean it's it's still out there um he apparently like his first year at lsu um he there was a the fiance of a player that blackmailed him that knew that he was paying players and blackmailed him and they have the text and stuff where she asked for like $5,000 for a down payment. And Will Wade transferred the money from he and his wife's joint checking account to her, right? 
<laughs> and then what? then she asked for money again after that. Like she said, like that would they'd be square after that. Well, she still has leverage, I guess. Like that never goes away. And wow. she asked for more money. And Wade, you know, turned her down. Like he said, if I if I you said if I helped you out last time, we would be done. So in my mind, you know, we're done with this. And I guess she kind of didn't pursue it after that. But what she wasn't his done with it. <laughs> his first year. He had that job for five years. Wow. I did not see that. That's worse than the Javante Smart offer stuff. Way worse. Like, you're getting blackmailed by a player's fiance. How was that guy not out the door immediately? Like, you know, people talk. Everybody had to know. In Baton Rouge, people had to know Will Wade's getting blackmailed by this dude's fiance. Probably the craziest part is that if they. Per se, they switch switch Tennessee and LSU this season. Let's say they have our season this year. He's not fired. He's still the coach. No, they they waited until after they lost in the SEC. They yeah. got that allegations early in the week, so they had that information. I just told you, and I don't even know what else is in there. That's just the stuff that, that some of the national reporters have put out there. They had that information for five days before he was fired. So they waited till the day after LSU lost and then fired him. Yeah. You, so, if you could fire the coach before the NCAA tournament, you could have fired that guy before the SEC tournament. They knew, they knew. Oh, it was yeah. performance based. It's performance based. They wanted yeah, I mean, to see all this time. All this time has been performance based because look, he they restructured his contract whenever they could have fired him when that stuff first came out and they suspended him, but they restructured the contract so that he they could basically fire him with calls at any time. So he knew he was, you know, at any time once he slipped up and didn't win games that that he'd be gone man i almost i almost hate to see him gone because he was so fun to hate he was so fun he was the most dislikable coach i think in college basketball that's absolutely and that's unbelievable i did not see that that's that's so crazy wow um so the rest of the sec basketball team you know half of them are falling apart in tennessee yeah you have what Miss Mississippi State's open, Florida's open, LSU's open, Georgia just hired, uh, Missouri's open. I mean, it's a lot of a lot of tectonic plate shifting right now mm-hmm. um, in the SEC. The league was not as good as I think a lot of people thought it was going to be this year. Um, I I'll say my perception currently, like thinking about Will Wade. I mean, obviously Bruce <clears throat> fully takes on the the moniker of of biggest scumbag in the SEC now. Um, and congratulations to him on that title. But Nate Oates, man, he's good coach. He's a solid coach. Obviously, won the SC championship last year. He's a little erratic, like Will Wade. I this was the first time I truly oh, really? I got to I got to leisurely watch him yeah. this weekend. And he is a lot of that stomping around, bah, 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 you know, like Will Will Wade-ish. We everybody I was with, we were kind of talking about it. We were like, look at this dude. What's he doing? Hmm. And so I wonder. That's the fun thing about going. That's the fun thing about going the games is you get to watch whatever you want to watch. You know, on the sidelines, mm-hmm. just the interactions between coaches and players, and that that is always interesting to see. That I didn't know that. That's that's fun to to know because that would be an easy guy to hate with him being at Alabama. Yeah, he he could be the next guy. I this is really. I've seen him coach in person a few times before. But this is the first time that I've noticed. I was like, what's he doing? Why is he? Why? 
And, and maybe it is because their back's a little good against the wall. They had a disappointing season. They were supposed to be better than they ended yeah, up being. I think he was probably so, counting on maybe getting out of there, getting a bigger job, and now that's probably not as as likely. Uh, don't count your chickens before they hatch. Uh, lesson for everybody. Um, and then let, let's do talk briefly. Obviously, the story going forward is um, Tennessee in, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, and and we'll finish with this again. I'll I'll just throw in thank you to HelloFresh, great sponsor of the show. Um, what what was their America's number one meal kit? That's that's the the tagline, and they are the good good folks at HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit, sponsoring the show. We couldn't appreciate it more. Um, so Tennessee in the tournament, we already sort of said it. Coach K wines and moans and gets whatever he wants because it's his final year and it's coach k and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> listen k everybody hates you nobody likes you go away screw this guy i have always it's really a shame because obviously we all sort of hate duke nobody wants to see duke succeed necessarily but you you respect duke it's kind of like nick saban everybody hates alabama to the deepest part of you but at the end of the day you go God, guy's a good coach. Dang it, mm-hmm. he's a good coach. And you just hate it, but it is what it is. It's always kind of been that way with Kay. He's had really good teams. He's an excellent, you know, legendary coach. Screw this guy. I'm I I hate it. It's a shame. Because he has this incredible legacy. But I didn't know that he was this vindictive little person. I he he has not shown this that often. I mean, I guess you could people in the ACC hate this guy a lot, and maybe I should have taken that as a sign but we never get that kind of exposure to it uh, at Tennessee, but we directly took the brunt of it because Tennessee should have been, Tennessee should have been where Duke is. That should have been our seed. That should have been where we played number two in Greenville, but Kay wanted it because it's right next to Durham and he wanted to play in North Carolina. He wanted the two seed and he had to throw a tantrum like a little baby and he couldn't win the ACC tournament and be able to get that spot. He wasn't good enough. His team wasn't good enough. He didn't put a good enough team on the floor to win that tournament. And so he lost and now he had to cry to get his way and, and, you know, get down on the floor, kick his legs around to make sure that he got what he wanted. And congratulations. You did get what you wanted. I hope you lose by 50 in the first round. I I hope that the Duke basketball program is ended. I hope they, they shove it under the ground that the freaking Cameron indoor sits on because this is embarrassing on the way out. What, what a shame for this coach who has such an amazing legacy to go out like this. I'm glad that it's been so embarrassing all, all this way through before this We, as we already mentioned, you know, losing to UNC in his final game and everybody crying in the stands hilariously and then losing in the ACC tournament. I hope they get a first round exit so badly. Now I, ugh, this makes me ill. And the fact that the NCAA committee was complicit, the fact that mm-hmm. they gave in that they, and they put out freaking Joe Lenardi to go get sacrificed on their behalf. To just be like, oh, this the criteria is classified. I, I would tell you if I could, but I can't. They, they'd have to kill me. Shut up. Stop being a stooge. Everybody else around Joe Lenardi is going, we don't understand this. This makes no sense. Reese Davis grilled Joe Lenardi on, on SportsCenter over this. And Lenardi was just like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It just, they, that's what they did when this is the way it was always going to be. It's nonsense and it's embarrassing for the NCAA. I'm, I'm pissed. 
it's the Lenardi thing makes me laugh so hard because it, there are so many national reporters at this point that have felt the ire of a vault Twitter and you can just sense the frustration and, and somebody tweeted that they, they feel like a, a negative tweet from Lenardi towards the Vol fan base is probably coming in the next two days. <laughs> <laughs> like we've all seen this happen before, but yeah, they, I mean, and really it, it, he's just kind of the face of it. He has nothing to do with where, with where dude was seated, where Tennessee was seated. I mean, he's just works for ESPN. He has, he's not on the committee, although they did interview one of the, uh, Gary Parrish, I guess, interviewed one of the committee members and his explanations weren't any better. I, I don't, there's nothing, there's nothing about Duke's resume that's better. If, if it was close, if it was truly close, but we looked at it and said, yeah, Tennessee should be the two seed, but Duke does have, you know, they, they got this on their resume. You know, they, they, I mean, they, Duke had quad two and quad three losses. You know, Tennessee didn't have any of that. If it was close, I could understand that they're going to give the edge to Duke. I accept it. That is, it is what it is. It's Duke. It, it, if it was UNC, Kentucky, certain teams are going to get that edge. They, they, they always have. It's frustrating, but when it's close, you just kind of expect that to be the tiebreaker. But this wasn't even close. I mean, this was. It's it's one of the worst seedings mistakes I've ever seen, and there's a lot of folks out there that aren't Tennessee fans that feel the same way. Part of me was like, could could Vol Twitter really lead to a reseeding <laughs> to where they like? Could there be so much outrage that the NCAA comes back and says we messed this up? I mean, I know that's far fetched and would never happen, but if anybody could get that done, it would be Tennessee fans on Twitter. I mean, it's it's been across the board. I again, just I'm a massive college basketball guy, and from you, you had other. Other guys at ESPN. I saw Jeff Borzello, who's another ESPN writer, being like, this is nonsense. Towards what Lenardi was saying, his coworker. Like the people at the, and then you had the guys on the selection show, Reese, Reese Davis at ESPN ringing out Lenardi over this. Like every you had you had a civil war over it essentially at ESPN. And I mean, it's that bad where you have, it's not just Tennessee fans. Like if it was just us, it kind of makes you, gives you a little pause maybe, but it is everybody. They, I saw analysts at CBS saying the same thing. Saw the, the field of 68 guys. If you, if anybody follows that, that's pretty inside baseball for college basketball, but um, the field of 68 guys, all of them, just what is this seating? This is terrible. What a total nonsense. So it's a shame, but moving beyond that, it is what it is. This is, what Tennessee will play, I'll say of the field, I don't mind it. I don't mind Tennessee's draw. Um, It's not perfect, but it also, I mean, an Elite Eight is there. You will play Arizona in the Elite Eight, um, and that's scary. But an Elite Eight is, is there. And I think I, I'm not going to say easily. You have to go through likely Villanova. Yeah, Villanova is the one in the Sweet 16. That that to me is the game. If you get past that, I'm feeling pretty good about Arizona. You, you beat them once. Yeah, it's that you, Villanova game for me. The it's, it's uh, Colorado State or Michigan is your second round game. You are comprehensively better than both of those teams. Um, Michigan's given you heartbreak before, though. Yeah. 
well, it'd be a nice little redemption Jim, or Jim Beeline. Game. Beeline is no longer the coach there. Yeah. So uh, I have a little more confidence against Shawan Howard as he has shown that he's not a great basketball coach. But true. he could get suspended in the first round if he <laughs> knowing him. <laughs> That's true. He might want to fight Rick. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, please do. I want to see Vescovi and uh, Vescovi and, and Plavsic out there just defending Rick Barnes. Can you yeah, imagine? But, but in Rick's defense, he is a huge like gamesmanship guy. He would never, he would never like call a late timeout or whatever Wisconsin's coach did in that game. Rick would like never do anything like that. Yeah. So I, I think we're clear of a Juwan Rick fist fight. But uh, that's your potentially your second round. I actually think Colorado State. You could very likely see them. Um, it's a decent matchup with Michigan. It could go either way, and I think. Michigan sort of consigned like first of all they shouldn't even be there they won 17 games that's ridiculous that they are in and Texas A&M is not it's stupid it's brand choosing brand over actual resume mm-hmm. there's more of an indictment of the committee um but be beyond that Villanova likely obviously anything can happen tournament is luck a lot of the time you know in this you saw in the SEC tournament you probably could have been playing all of us thought we would be playing Auburn in that spot and you play Texas A&M you yeah never know you never know what's going to happen Villanova nobody ever be, knows these nobody ever knows these brackets never it just can't happen and so likely Villanova I I like Tennessee against Villanova because Villanova is all guard play <clears throat> they don't have a great inside presence I think Tennessee I want to say they could bully them down low Villanova is very very good but Colin Gillespie kind of carries that team, uh, and he's he's a guard. And really, this is analysis for next week because you know we won't play them until after our next show if we well, do if play them. But, well, if you were, if uh, like if Tennessee fans are going to ask you like why they lost to him the first game by what like eighteen? Yeah, got blown out. Like what what happened in that game that caused Tennessee to lose that they can overcome in this game? Like real Ten- Tennessee could not be more different from that team that lost to Villanova. That's why I have confidence when I I look at that. The guard play for Tennessee right now is elite, especially the defense. Oh my gosh, the defense. And you you just see against Kentucky has some of the best guards in America and Ty Ty Washington, Severe Wheeler. They're the two of the best, and Tennessee dominated them. Kennedy Chandler and and Scovey. And Zakai locked them down. They could not do anything. Like, it, it was crazy. And you look at Villanova and you say that plays, they play right into Tennessee's hands at this point with elite guard defense, elite guard play with Chandler. And that that matchup is is nice to me. I'd have to do more research with, like, Colorado, Michigan. I believe Michigan is a little more, so, like, size-oriented. They're bigger. But I think Tennessee matches up fine there. Is you got Euros and Enforcer, you got length with uh, with Adu, you got Brandon Brandon Huntley Hadfield, lengthy and is starting to find his offense a little bit. I mean, that's none of these matchups to me scream like nightmare for Tennessee until that Arizona game. Um, so I'll I'll give the analysis there, and really I think this can be short and say like, have I done my comprehensive homework on sleep? Um, about Colorado State and Michigan. No, I have not. Uh, there's a whole week to work that out. But 
there's no excuse. You're you should not even get touched by Longwood. That shouldn't even be much of a contest. And then second game, you are far better than both of those teams beat them. That's all. That's all I'll say. I, I don't even leave the door open. There's there's really no excuses to to lose to any of those teams unless there's just some freak crazy performance, which happens. It does happen. And we'll talk about that then. But there's there's really no excuse to not not have Tennessee still in the tournament when we do this podcast next week. Would you be more nervous about a Sweet 16 matchup against Villanova or Loyola Chicago? Oh, give me Loyola Chicago. <laughs> Tennessee Tennessee would smash them. Tennessee would lay the wood to Loyola Chicago. Oh, give me give me Sister Jean, dude. <laughs> oh, I want Tom, it. Time for the revenge. Yes. They, that they would be would. Austin Stanley's the one that pointed out on Twitter about how there's a lot of potential revenge games for Tennessee in this bracket. And it would be kind yeah. of nice to, you know, need to see them go get some revenge against Michigan. That was, uh, was that Conzo's last year, the Michigan? Yeah, I was there. Loss. I was at that oh. game. And then the Loyola loss, which is still, oh. still a tough one to, to swallow. Uh, mm. to, to get some revenge there, that would be pretty, pretty fun. It's a good story going through. I mean, you want to talk fairy tale ending you get like you make a final four going through michigan and loyola chicago you get those throw that off your back and then you get to play arizona again you beat you beat who is arguably the best team in the tournament in in my opinion it's either them or gonzaga i'm not it's kind of 1a 1b to me personally you get to beat probably the best team in the tournament make a final four i mean it just is poetic man i but the thousand thousand foot view i'll say this of this draw for tennessee let the three seed be motivation i actually think it's perfect in that in that sense you got shafted they don't respect you that's if i was rick that's exactly what i would be telling them behind closed doors these guys don't respect you they think Coach K's little temper tantrum is they they respect that more than they respect you, and you just won the SEC tournament. You dominated the SEC tournament. That's what you're telling them behind closed doors. I mean, there's there's plenty of bulletin board material here, and you you can hype these boys up. I I have full faith at at this point in Rick. He did things I I didn't think that he would do at at Tennessee. He's proved me wrong, and now go do it. This is Tennessee basketball may never get better. Than, than what you have right now. I mean, to, to ask them to get better than this team where you dominated the SEC tournament and look like one of the best teams in America, you can't get much better. You can be Gonzaga and be the overall number one seed. That's about how much better it could get. So, yeah, ultimately it. the seeding, like ultimately, I know it like we've made a huge deal about the, the seeding. It really doesn't matter. Like when it comes to will Tennessee advance to the final four or not, that I mean, that doesn't it doesn't change anything to me. Like it really matters nothing. It's just the respect thing and just the fact that it was Duke and we know what happened. Like we all one hundred percent know what happened and it's shady and it shouldn't happen. That's where the anger kind of comes from. Not as far as Tennessee's path to a final four. Everybody in this tournament has to win four games to get to a final four. There's no exceptions to that. Well, a couple of them would have to win five games. But outside of that, everybody has to win four games to get there. You're not any different. The path doesn't change. Um, I It's all there for Tennessee, all of these teams. There's no team in 
your your quadrant, I would say, that is clearly better. In fact, Tennessee is clearly better than all of the teams in their quadrant. I think it's close with Villanova, but I think they are the better team. Um, when you put all of the pieces together working well, when Tennessee is a well-oiled machine, they are they're better than that Villanova team. I think I've watched what, I watched a lot of that Villanova team. The Tennessee is better than them. That's the personally. thing about the seeding thing is like with we everybody knows that about college basketball. The, these teams are so different in March than they were three months ago. But you're seeding based on what happened three months ago, more so than what happened this week, apparently, because like you said, it, it feels like the SEC tournament didn't matter at all. The only way it was going to matter is if a Texas A&M won and got a got an automatic bid or, or something like that and kind of knocked somebody else out. Like It's not seeded based on the teams that are the best right now. That's what's no. – it's, it's never really made sense to me. But, you know, I guess the whole season matters and that's how they look at it. But it, it's not it – do, it doesn't end up being very accurate. Is what it is. Mm-hmm. Everybody got to win four games. Just and I'm sure we're we're a lot more annoyed by it than uh, Rick Barnes probably is. Oh, yeah. Rick's not dwelling on it like we are. Rick, Rick is letting us dwell on it. He said, you know, he's kind of that guy that's like, oh, they'll do that for me. We're going to go win this basketball game. That's kind of his – his mentality. I think they will. He's made a sweet 16 at Tennessee already and a sweet 16 where they had to go through a really good Iowa team. Um, so he's, he is at least good to getting to that point, <laughs> the sweet 16. And then obviously we'll be able to talk about the sweet 16. Uh, everything works out. Tennessee makes it there. We'll talk about that on next week's show. We're coming up on 90 minutes. Um, Zach, what an unbelievable episode. We we wanted to talk about, obviously, we kind of knew that this likely SEC tournament talk would override everything. Maybe certainly not to this extent, I would say, because I'm not sure we all thought that Tennessee would win it. But uh, the the whole thing with the rumors around Nico Iaomaliava getting a massive multi-million dollar contract from Tennessee, whether it's true or not, and all the talk around that we really wanted to cover that but we're going yeah this is getting and we're really i mean we're all kind of putting the pieces together on that because the report yeah. from the athletic is that a major college quarterback got this eight million dollar nil deal with some pretty questionable contract language i don't know if you've got into the, any of that or not but there's some they can he has to pay it back if they ask it any time it's really oddly worded but there was an attorney that worked on the deal that attorney was based in uh nico's hometown and david ubin from the athletic was on the vols beat contributed to the report you just putting everything together that's been happening all of the athletics nil information has come from spire sports so you you kind of assume that they're involved too like everything points to it being nico in tennessee everything yeah not we don't know that it is but it that, that wow that would be a just game changer and sets a huge precedent moving forward not just for tennessee but the entire sec it's it's a game changer for like college football in a general sense if that yes. ends up being true because yeah it sets a precedent i mean and in a big <laughs> big monetary way uh i hope it is because it's obviously it's great content for this podcast, but it's great for Tennessee. And it's a pretty fascinating case study 
for this NIL stuff. I think, I mean, there, there are waters that we're going to have to wade through at some point. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why not Tennessee? Why, why not have us be the folks that kick that off? I'd be happy to do it. So I'm sure his, his commitment coming up in May. will honestly, we'll probably talk about it next week. Get into it a little bit more, maybe. Yeah. Uh, depending what on happens. Yeah. What happens. Yeah. Um, obviously as long as Tennessee basketball is in the tournament, we got to cover that, but, uh, baseball still dominant. Um, that stuff's going on in football, and we'll discuss it more as football draws closer. But Zach, anything for the good folks on the way out the door? Yeah, just uh, enjoy this week. Uh, it's one of the best weeks of the year, and you've got an SEC tournament championship to celebrate. You've got the NCAA tournament coming up. It's look, we we don't take these NCAA tournaments for granted anymore after missing out on them two years ago, and it really is the most fun week of the year, I think, in sports. It is. Let the spirit of Rocky Top in to your body and soul this week. Turn this in, turn the end of the podcast into a sermon. <laughs> no, enjoy it. Truly take it in and, and just truly let it soak in it because you never know if you, how, Few and far between this is. I mean, we, we do know. We do know. Let's be honest. We do know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we know that life well. You never know when it's going to come around again. So savor it. Charlie Burris, that is Zach Reagan. I'll say it one more time. Let's throw this up there. Hello, Fresh. Code Ball 16. B O L S 1 6. 16 free meals at Hello Fresh. I'll get it up here. Make sure I don't mess up uh, the website. HelloFresh.com slash ATOZ 1 6 or code. Balls 1-6, 16 free meals, three free gifts. That is HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Cannot appreciate them more for sponsoring the show. And this show is going to be huge. They they time that well. This is, this is going to be a big show. Um, awesome. Good stuff, Zach. Thank you to everybody who listened. And if I forgot anything, I haven't. I've slept like three hours in the last five days. So that's that. Thank you once again. And we'll talk to y'all next week. See you guys later.